everybody. Good afternoon. Be'ezrat Hashem, we will be starting the halachot of Leila Seder uh, that will be uh, celebrating in under two weeks' time. Um, and so Be'ezrat Hashem, we will learn the halachot, go through the Seder, um, every part of it, and the general halachot that are needed for it. Before we get into the actual Seder, it's perhaps uh, worthwhile recognizing that in the times of the Gemara, the, sorry, in the times of the Beit HaMikdash, there were many mitzvot minat Torah that we were to fulfill on Leva Seder. One of them was bringing the Korban Pesach. The other was um, eating maror. And obviously, uh, matzah and sipur yitziat mitzrayim. Uh, today, we don't have a Korban Pesach, and because we don't have a Korban Pesach, also the mitzvah of eating maror is only rabbinic. So the only two mitzvot midoraita from the Torah that are left for Leila Seder in today's times is the mitzvah number one of eating matzah and the second mitzvah of sipur yitziat mitzrayim. Having said that, there are a number of mitzvot mid Rabbanan that we are obligated to do. And having said that as a introduction, let's go through it. The Seder Nath, if one looks at the Haggadah, is generally divided into four parts as the Rambam explains. The first part is Kiddush. The second part is the major story of Sipur Yetziat Mitzrayim, which we call under the heading, the title Magid. The third part is the eating, that's the eating of the matzah and the maror and the korech and the entire meal. Um, and obviously the kneidlach, for those who eat kneidlach, um, some say it's doraita, some say it's the rabbanan, but generally it's uh, considered a minag, um, but only for those who eat gebrochs. Okay, um, that was in Jessa. There's no mitzvah minatara to eat, uh, to eat kneidlach. Um, other than maybe kibbutz of the aim or kibbutz aim, uh, but other than that, there's no mitzvah. And finally, there is the uh, fourth part of the seder, which is halal. <clears throat> now, when, just to uh, mention halal, uh, which we're not going to get into today's shit because that's at the end of the uh, at the end of the sefer. But but the truth is that in Masechet Sofrim says that we actually begin Hallel before the Seder, meaning we start saying Hallel in Shul, before we get to the Seder. Now, that is how the Shulchan Aruch rules, um, but the Ramah says that this isn't Minag Ashkenaz, meaning this is brought down in Masechet Sofrim from the time of the Go'oinim, Lichwara, um, but it was never accepted as Minhag Ashkenaz. Having said that, the Vilna Gaon thought that it should be said. And many, many Ashkenazi Jews living in Eretz Israel uh, have a very interesting combination of halachot. Most Ashkenazi Jews that live in Eretz Israel follow not the psak of the classic Ramah, but basically more halachot of the Vilna Gaon. Where do we see this, for example? Putting on tefillin on cholamoid. Everyone knows in Chutzlar it's Ashkenazim, put on tefillin. The Gra, the Shulchan Aruch, says you don't do that, but the Ashkenazim following the Ramah say you do put on tefillin, 
according to some opinions, you should even say a bracha. We don't say a bracha, that's the achrayim. But the point is, is that in Ashkenaz, we put on tefillin. It comes to Eretz Israel, and you'll see most Ashkenazi Jews not putting on, almost all Ashkenazi Jews not putting on tefillin. And that is because the Ashkenazi community that first came to Eretz Israel were the Talmidim of the Gra. And therefore, many of the halachot that the Gra instructed, even though they go against Minag Ashkenaz, were adopted by the Ashkenazim in Eretz Israel. And similarly, I think that most Ashkenazi Jews in Eretz Israel have adopted to say Halal in Shul. Um, with a bracha, um, and that again is not sack of the Minak Ashkenaz, but it is the opinion of the Bill Nagaon. It seems to be the correct opinion according to Rav Soloveitchik as well, um, but each one should do according to his own community. So having said that, Halal is the fourth part of the Seder. Again, according to Masechet Sofrim, we already start with that in, um, we are start with that already in Shul. But let's read the Rambam. The Rambam says this explicitly. On every of the four cups of wine, according to the Rambam, we say a brocha on each one, meaning you say a on each one. The first cup you say Kiddush, the second cup, you would recite the Agada, the third cup, we do the, the blessing after the meal, and and we say Halel and Birkat Hashir, Bezrat Hashem, next week we'll discuss what is Birkat Hashir, what is, what is Halel. The Rambam tells us, for the first two cups, if you want to add, it's not a problem. You're still part of the meal. Uh, and therefore, it's not considered adding to the four cups of wine. But once you've drunk the third cup, you've completed the meal because the third cup was on Birkatamazo. So now if you're going to add another cup, you're now adding on to the four designated cups of the that Chazal instituted, and that would be a problem. Why is this important? We're going to see that there's going to be certain times when there's going to be a machloket. Was I, did I fulfill my obligation? Did I not fulfill my obligation? Well, generally, we have a rule. Safek, if it doesn't, well, sometimes we say, Safek, don't worry about it. And drinking wine is clearly a mitzvah. But where you have the opportunity and you can't fulfill the obligation, so go ahead and drink it again. Um, however, the Rambam is telling us that is not so simple because between, after the third and fourth cup, third and fourth cup, it's not simple to add a extra cup. So let's, we'll keep that in mind as we go through the different stages and the spekot and the doubt that arise during the uh, Seder. Kadesh, which is uh, the first cup, as the Rambam says, is on Kiddush. We have to... Pesach is also Yontav, and we know there's a mitzvah to be Mekadesh, the Yontav, and that's what we do. Matechet Tachim Kuvchet says, Gemara Tana Rabbonin, Hakol Chayavin Ba'ar Bekosot Halalu, Echad Anashim Ve'echad Nashim Ve'echad Tinokot. So the first cup of wine is actually part of Kiddush, but everyone is obligated in it. And the Rambam explains further. 
בכל דור ודור חייב אדם להראות את עצמו, כאילו הוא בעצמו יצא, אתה מחיבוד מצרים. Every generation a person has to see themselves as if they uh, literally were, as, uh, were, were brought out from slavery. They were redeemed, שנאמר, ואותנו הוציא משם. As the Pasuk says, and we were brought out. על דבר זה צידה הקדוש ברוך הוא בתורה, וזכרתי כי עבד הייתה. That is the obligation to remember that we were a slave, כלומר, כאילו אתה בעצמך היית עבד ויצאת לחירות ונפדק. You have to show as if you were coming out of slavery. Now, a slave obviously has limitations. One of those limitations is they generally do not, are not able to drink, they don't have wine. This is a luxury for, for the rich and free. Um, but for only a slave cannot drink and get drunk according to his will. Says the Rambam, now that we have to show that we are free people, how do we do that? The first thing that the Rambam tells us is what the Gemara tells us, that we have to recline because that was the way the free people in the times of the Romans, they used to lie on beds. That's how free people used to eat. And both men and women have to drink four cups of wine. The Rambam tells us that we have to drink four cups of wine. And the Rambam is highlighting why did the sages institute four cups of wine? Because This shows a level of people drink this amount of wine. Now, Rashi gives a different contradictory. Rashi says, The Rashi says, Why do we drink four cups of wine? Now, the Ramam doesn't mention this, but Rashi. The Torah used four different languages of freeing all parallel to each cup, and that's why the sages instituted four cups of wine parallel to the four expressions of redemption. This leads us to the question, well, actually, if one looks in the Torah, there's actually a fifth language of redemption, and that fifth language of redemption is the Heveti, and I will bring you to Eretz Israel. And that leads to a discussion, those who have a should look at uh, the fifth cup of wine, in the fifth cup of wine with Koshel Eliyahu, um, but again, it's not so clear, should we be drinking the fifth cup or not drinking the fifth cup? That's a whole discussion. I highly recommend people should read the essay by Rav Otniel Fendel. Um, but having said that, it's clear that it's not instituted. The fifth cup of wine was not instituted. And the question is, why is it not instituted? Especially according to Rashi, if it's Arben Lashonei Geula, Lichora, there are five, um, languages of Geula. So, so, so what happened? And I heard in the name of um, Rav, um, 
I forgot his name, he just passed away. Um, the Rosh Hashiv of Itri. Um, it will come to me in a moment. Um, his brother was the head of the Eid of Haredit. Um, forgot it for a moment. Big, big gang. One of, one of the Go'one Adar. Um, he passed away, I think, uh, a year ago. Um, and and Mamish, he knew Shas and Poskim. Um, unbelievable. Unbelievable. I remember him coming to give Shir once. He would quote the Gemara and then quote Rashi word for word. And every source was, he would, he didn't have a safe in front of him, but he would go through the Gemara and read Rashi in his mind. It was unbelievable. Um, so, still his name hasn't come to me. So I apologize for that. But um, the, he, he explains that why did Chazal not institute the fifth cup? Because on Leila said that we had not yet reached Eretz Israel. And what's important in terms of thanking Akash Baruch Hu is you thank Akash Baruch Hu even for the state that he's brought you to. Okay, it's not complete, it's not the end of the road, but thank him for what it is. If you can only thank when the story is complete, then there's a certain lack of hakaratatov. Hakaratatov, similar to why we say dayenu, right? It's enough to say, even if you just brought us to this stage, that's good enough. Leila said that we had not yet reached Eretz Yisrael. It's not applicable to thank you for, for Eretz Yisrael because they're trying, like, you know, I'm only, I can only thank you because you completed the journey. No, even if you didn't complete the journey, Leila Seder is thanking Akash Baruch Hu for what he did for us, even to that point, Dayen. So that's one explanation why we don't drink the, the why Chazal didn't institute the fifth cup um, as part of the Seder. Now the question comes more halachically. How much do we have to drink on Leila Seder? So famously, we have a cloud, we have a general rule in, in all of times that we have to bring uh, for Kiddush, we usually talk about malolugmat, a cheekful. The Gemara says explicitly, we know that regarding Kiddush, we have to drink malolugmat. Now we know malolugmat, a cheekful, is generally rob rabit, meaning a cheekful of a standard person. Each person's cheekful is different. Og Merechabashan's cheek was slightly different to, to, to my cheek, but the average person's cheek, if you take one cheekful, there will be a rob rabit. That is the standard obligation when it comes to Shabbat, Kiddush, and, and most of the others. Abdallah has a slightly uh, different uh, din because of the Safek Brachot. But other than that, we generally, whenever you have to make, uh, say, a bracha and drink, Malolugmat comes along the Gemarim Sachim Kufchet and says the following statement. Amar Ab Nachman Bar Yitzchak, v'hu da'ashtei rubedekasa. And when does one fulfill one's obligation? When one drank the majority of the cup. This is something we never heard of. Up until now, we always talked about Ravit, a Ravit, which is a cheekful. The Gemara now introduces something on Falela Seder called Rob Kos, the majority of a cup. Now, Tosfot says, that, no, 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 this is not a new measurement. It's considered the same measurement that we have 
throughout the entire year, explains Tosfot, the Hainu Kamalolog map, meaning Tosfot says, the average cup is basically a rivet. And therefore, when the, when the Gemara in Psachim says on Leila Seder, you have to drink the majority of the cup, it's really saying the majority of a rivet, meaning a treatable. According to Tosfot, there's no new dimension. There's no new measurement that's standard throughout, whether it's Kiddush or Leila Seder, all you have to drink is Rav Ravit, the majority of a Ravit. But then he says, Lechatechile drink Ravit, but you, if you drank Rav Ravit, you have fulfilled your obligation. Tosfot have no uh, inclination to drink the majority of the cup. They understand that that is an incorrect explanation of the Gemara. Look at the Beit Yosef. The Beit Yosef in Siman Tafayin Bet says, Zevashon Orchot Chaim, the Haramban Katab, but the Ramban writes, Shetzarich Lishtot Rov Mikol Kos, Afilu Machzik Kameraviot. A person has a huge Becha, uh, almost like a, a, a vase, right? uh, one of these huge beer mugs. According to, and, and you can drink, you have, uh, you know, 750 mils. According to the Ramban, a person has to drink, if that's his cup for Lela said, he has to drink the majority of the cup, even if it has many, many reveals. Now, according to the Ramban, the question is, the Ramban seems to be more uh, true to the words of the Gemara. That seems to be Prat of the Gemara, but Tosfot asks the question, where does this come from? What's the reason to distinguish between Hilchot Kiddush and Leila Seder? And the Bach gives a very, very uh, fascinating explanation. Let's read the Bach. The Bach says as follows. Meaning, the Ramban seems more true to the words of the Gemara. The din of a treatful is a din regarding Kiddush, it's a din regarding Birkat Mazar. There we just need to taste the 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 cup. And by drinking a treat, well, that's considered tasting. I feel the cost gadol, even a, a big cup. The ikar is to taste. Even lechatchila, you don't need a complete revit. logma. It's the majority of a revit is good enough. Chazal didn't institute that we taste wine. Chazal instituted that we drink wine. And that fits back with the Rambam. You have to show that you're a free person. If you're just tasting, maybe you're not showing that you're a free person. And therefore the shear is different because here the ikar is to drink. And the the, the, the Blach explains it further that when it comes to the when it comes to Kiddush, what is the Ikar? The Ikar is to make the brocha. Chazal instituted how do you make a brocha important? Say it over one. How do you give cover to Birkat Amazon? Say it over a cup. Meaning the Ikar is the bracha, and I, I have a cup of wine as a, a, a um, kind of an accessory. 
in order to give kavod to the bracha. And therefore, tima is, is good enough. However, when it comes to arba kosot, when it comes to the four cups of wine, there the ikar isn't the bracha. According to some opinions, there's no bracha at all. Meaning we don't even say a birkat for a priagafen. That's machloket between the Rambam and, and, and Tosfot, between Tzvayim and Ashkenazim. Do you say, Borei Priyagafen, I had every cup or not? But what bracha are you going to say over, over Halel? Is there a bracha specifically? Okay, there might be a bracha, might not be a bracha, but the Ikar is the one. So since the Ikar is the one, that's, that's the difference. You have to say a full, uh, you have to drink it. We found this machloket Actually, for those who um, remember, um, for those who were chatanim in the past few uh, few years, um, going back to our youth, under the chuppah, when the Masada Kiddushim said the brocha, he gives it to the chatan and the kalat to drink. Now, most, most chatanim, a name that I've seen under the chuppah never drink Robravit. Why not? First of all, they're fasting. So it's it's a bit uh, difficult to break your fast on a Robravit. But, but why not? Who's drinking? Uh, and some of the Akhronim point out that really this the reason is is because the wine, the cup of wine, Mi'ikaradin, was not was not necessary. The, what was necessary was what was necessary was the brocha. So why do we say the bracha over a cup of wine? In order to give it kavod, meaning in order to make the bracha more important, we say it over a cup of wine. But because there's no chiyuv to drink the wine, so even drinking a drop is good enough. And that's generally what we do. We give a, dro a drop to the chatan, a drop to the kala, and shalom al-Yisrael. Now that goes slightly against what the Bach is saying over here. The Bach says that when you need to ima, you need a melolugma. But it doesn't, it doesn't have to be a contradiction. And the reason why it doesn't have to be a contradiction is, is because even there's a distinction when you need to, when you, when Chazal instituted to say Kiddush over wine, there was an obligation. So even though the obligation to drink wine is really to give cover to the brocha, but since Chazal instituted it as a proper obligation, you have to have a serious te'ima. But the drinking over the birkat nisuin right, is not necessarily clear that it's an institution of Chazal. And since it's not clear that it's an institution of Chazal, me'ikaradin, so therefore even a te'ima, the amount that one has to drink, it can be less. Okay, but when we get to Hilchot, in, in, when we get to Evan Ezer and we do Hilchot uh, Kiddushin and Nisuin, we'll get into that machloket. Is there an institution to, to have the brachot over one? Let's continue. Shulchan Aruch, how does he paskin? Between Tosfot, who says that it's the regular amount, it's a trequel, and the Ramban, who says that you need to drink the Rav Ravid. Shira Kos Ravid, Achim Zegenu, Vishte Kulo O Rubo. You have to drink. A rabbit or the majority of the rabbit, and if there are many rabbit, it's a it's a beermark. Everyone can drink from the one cup, meaning 
There's no queue for one person to drink from his beer mug of 750 mils, the majority of that cup. The Yesh Omrim should Sarichli start the Rava cost, and then the Shukhanar brings a Yesh Omrim. Even if it has many reviot. So we have a general rule in halakha. Whenever the Shulchan Aruch writes, Stam v'yeh the halakha follows Stam, meaning the Shulchan Aruch is me'ikar adin paskunim like Toswa. That even on Leila Seder, if you, a person drank a rob revit, one would fulfill one's obligation. That is what he states explicitly in Tafayin Bet, in Siman Tafayin Bet Sifteh. The Mishnah Brura points out regarding the second shear, the second opinion of the Yeshomrim, Rovakos. Okay, he's just explaining what we said. But according to the Halakha, the Halakha follows Toswat. Even on Leila Seda, you just need a Rov Ravit. For people that are struggling with um, diabetes and the sugar is going to be too high, whatever it is, this is an important halacha. Rob Ravit is good enough. Says the, the, the Mishabura, why get into the machloket? If you know you're not going to be able to drink a lot of wine, so lo if you have a cup that holds only a revit and you drink the majority of the revit, you fulfill your obligation both according to Tosla and according to the Ramban because you're drinking the majority of the cup. There's only one question. You're getting into a suffix. Is the revit, what's a revit? That's going to be a big discussion uh, that we're going to, uh, to, to mention right now. So now uh, let's, let's, Let's go to the size of the cup for a moment. I'll, I'll skip the 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 the, the time. You, you shouldn't. We're running out of time, so so I'm just going to say very briefly. One shouldn't drink too long, meaning one should try to sip it in one go or two goes. But he added within four minutes. But one should try and get at least rob revit in one or two sip. Um, that should be uh, that should be what one should try and do. Obviously, if it's grape juice, it's easier to do. If it's uh, a very, very strong one, it's more difficult. So maybe that should be part of the shikulim of what one wants to uh, do when one takes one for Leila said. Bira Lacha. Um, the Bira Lacha now discusses the size of a rabbi. So as we said, according to the Shokhanah, according to the Mishnah it says, Get, don't get into a machloket. Just take a cup that's got a rabbit and you shalom Israel. You fulfill your obligation both according to the Ramban and according to Tosfot. But it's not so simple because how do you define a rabbit? There is a famous machloket between Rav Chaim Naveh and the Chazonish. The truth is that both Rav Chaim Naveh and the Chazonish were predated 150 years by the Nodab Yehuda, the Tzlach. The Nodab Yehuda was the most uh, uh, vocal opinion, I think he's the first, that said that there seems to be that the Shurim in our modern times, again, the Nodab Yehuda living in the 1800s in Prague, says the Shurim don't match up from the Talmud to what we see today regarding the size of eggs and olives, etc. And therefore he comes to the conclusion 
that basically you have to double the size. So if the size of a kazayit, you have to double it. That opinion was adopted by the Chazonish. It's not the Chidush of the Chazonish, it was the adopted opinion of the Chazonish, but now we call it Shitat or Shi'ur Chazonish. On the other hand, you have Rav Chaim Na'eh, the Grach Na'eh. The Grach Na'eh wrote a Sefer on Shi'urim in the Torah, and his opinion is that no, the Shi'urim haven't, haven't changed, and I can resolve any questions that the Nod of Yudah brings up about contradictions between the Gemara and it seems to not work with the Shirin that we see today, the Rav Chaim Na'er resolves all of it. Who do we follow like? So according to the Chazonish, Lamaise, a Raviyat is 150 mils, whereas according to the Grach Na'er, it's 86 mils. That's a big difference. So says the Gemara, which one do we, says the, the, the Chovetz Chaim, who do we follow? Ulamaise Nire, says the Bir Halacha. When it comes to a mitzvah from the Torah, we should be machmir like the shir chazonish or the shir of the nod of Yehuda, and that is generally doubling the size. Similarly, regarding Kiddush on Lichora, he's talking about Friday night. Because Meikar Adin Kiddush is Doraita, even though drinking the wine is, according to everybody, the Rabbanon. But the Ikar Mitzvah is a Din Doraita of Kiddush, and therefore, However, then he says, that what we go like the Grachnae. Again, the Grachnae lived long after the Magen of Ram, but that's the shear that we call. Okay, so now basically the Biracha has given us a very, very important rule. When we're dealing with the mitzvah Doraita, one should definitely. Um, try and go with the Shir Chazonish. That's going to be important when we get to the mitzvah of how much matzah we have to eat. When we deal with a mitzvah de Rabbanan, now the four cups of wine are lichor a mitzvah de Rabbanan. If they four cups of wine are mitzvah de Rabbanan, one can be makel and have um, a, a, a shear of the grachnae, which is 86 months. However, what about the first cup of wine? By the way, I said that this year is it on Friday night? I think it might be. I think Leila said that this year falls on Friday night. If I'm not mistaken, I might be mistaken. Um, yeah, Leila said it is. Leila said it is on um, on Friday night. Friday night. Yes, yes. Okay, so this year Leila said it is on Friday night. So according to what the Mishnah Brewer just told us. Then when it comes to Kiddush on Friday night Shabbos, one should be machmir to have a cup according to the Shri of the Chazanish. Why? Because the Ikar Mitzvah is Doraita. Now there's a bit of a discussion about uh, Kiddush on Yontav. Is Kiddush on Yontav Doraita or is Kiddush on Yontav the Rabbanan? So that's a, a machloket. 
But everyone agrees that Kiddush on Friday night is Doraita. The one aspect is the Rabbanan. But as we saw, the Mishnah Bura points out that the Friday night, perhaps we should be Machmir because the mitzvah of Kiddush is Doraita. So Rav Rimon points out, naming many, many Achronim that says that even though the rest of the three cups are Midr Rabbanan, Lekuli Alma, and this, and therefore it's not a problem to have the Shir of the Grachnae. For the first cup, especially on a Friday night, maybe one should have a Shir of 150 mils. Rav Rimon points out that this Chumrah, even if you're going to accept this Chumrah, you, can, you only have to accept it for the, the person who's making Kiddush. I mean, the person who's making Kiddush, he should do it on a cup, which is 150 mils, uh, which I think is a, like a regular Kiddush cup. I'm not sure, I can't remember. But yesh makom lachemir, for the person who's saying Kiddush, specifically this year, because this year falls out on a Friday night. Okay? Um, let's move on to the next mitzvah, Midrabanan. The next mitzvah, Midrabanan, is the way in which we drink. And we already saw the Rambam says that the way in which we drink has to be reclined. This isn't the Rambam. This is already from the Mishnah and, and the Gemara. But let's just read it from Perusha Mishnah, why Chachamim instituted that people have to recline. The Rambam says, the this is the way the affluent, this is the way aristocracy used to eat. This is how they used to drink, is they used to recline. And therefore, if we are trying to show that we are free people, we are aristocracy, this is the way we have to eat and drink. And says the Rambam, we ourselves have come out of slavery, and therefore, and that is why the sages obligate us to eat, drink, reclining. Famously, there's the opinion of the Ravya. Ravya was one of Ashkenazic Baalei Tosfot, one of the early Ashkenazic Baalei Tosfot, and he is living in Europe, and he says like this, no one in Europe in the 1200s used to recline. That was, you know, a thousand years in the time beforehand in the times of the Romans and Greeks. Says Rav, yeah, this isn't the proper way. This isn't a normal way of eating. And since this isn't a normal way of eating, the correct way to eat is how free people eat. If you're going to Europe in medieval times, and if you go into our countries and our homes today, the way we eat is that we sit at a table and no one reclines. And therefore, the correct way of eating is not to recline. So who do we pass on? Do we pass on like the Shulchan Aruch, uh, like the Rambam, which is the Pshat of the Gemara? Or do we say times have changed, and since times have changed, we have to change the, this halacha? Shulchan Aruch writes in Orachayim Tapayim Bet, one has to lean not to the back, not to the right, but to the left. And he says, doesn't his words. If a person was meant to lean, recline, and he didn't, he hasn't fulfilled his obligation. 
וצריך לחזור ולאכול ולשתות בעשיבה. He has to go back and drink the cup of wine that he was meant to have drunk leaning on the left hand side. So as we saw before, there's a problem drinking and the cup of wine after the third cup of wine. It says the Rambam said you're not allowed to add. But according to the Shulchan Aruch, since you didn't fulfill your obligation because you didn't lean, so you didn't drink. So go back and, and drink. And now we have the opinion of the Raviya. Maybe the Raviya should be taken into account because according to the Raviya, I did fulfill my obligation. Says the Rama, the Yei some say, the Bizman Azed, the Eintrechla Seif, Kedai Uraviya, Lismochalab, Chebedi Eved, Yatsa, the Lo Haseba. Explains the Rama an interesting psak. He says like this, Lechatchila agree, Talacha is like the Rambam, that we have to leave. Nothing has changed. But yeah, but a person didn't lean. So now the question is, does he have to go back and drink another cup? He says, but yeah, we have the opinion of the Rabia, that I did fulfill my obligation. And now he says like this, if a person didn't drink the third or fourth cup while reclining, you're not allowed to go, you shouldn't go back and drink again. Why? As we saw, there's a problem adding a, a cup of wine after the third cup. Now, if I drank the third cup without reclining, and now I drink again, and if I fulfill my obligation without reclining, as the Rabia says, now I'm adding a cup of wine. So says the Ramah, for third and fourth cup, if you didn't drink, Reclining, don't don't go back and drink. One should go back and drink, but without a bracha. And one should lean recline the entire tzuda. Okay, so it seems that both the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah accepted as normative halacha that we have to recline. The question is, but he ever, if one didn't recline, Shulchan Aruch doesn't mention the opinion of the Raviyah, and seemingly one would have to go back and, and drink again. However, the Ramah says, depends. If it's the first and second cup, go back and repeat it. If it's the third and fourth cup, now you're getting into another halachic uh, challenges, and therefore you don't do that. Okay. What about women? There is a very interesting halakha that says as follows. In times of the Romans, most women didn't lean with recline when they were eating and drinking. Only a very important woman would do so. <clears throat> so says the Shulchanarach, okay, so that's it. If a woman's important, then they should recline. If not, not. Now, here comes the opinion of the Ramah. All of our women are considered the important women, and therefore they should recline. And by the way, that's what Rabbi Vadya says regarding all women today. Sephardi women are important women, and therefore there's no doubt Sephardi women should be reclining. But look what the Ramah says regarding Ashkenazim. On the one hand, he says all our women are important. But then he says, The minag of woman was not to recline. 
because they relied on the opinion of the Ravya, the Katab, the Manazay and Asayif, who said that in our times one doesn't recline. And many of the poskim have a difficulty with this Ramah. If the Ramah, as we saw in the previous halacha, did not accept the opinion of the Ravya as Halachalamaseh, he holds that the men have to recline. Only Bidyabed, in a case of Safek and there might be other halachic problems, do we rely on the Ravya. So why is it that when it comes to women, <clears throat> the Ramah says that the Minag was a woman except the Ravya? Either we accept the Ravya and it's good for the men, or we don't accept the Ramah and also the women have to leave. Explains Rav Shamazaman Orbach a beautiful insight. He says like this. That today, since people do not recline, there's no chiyuv to recline, no chiyuv to recline. In fact, don't recline. Why do men do it? Not beside the chiyuv of Chazal, meaning Chazal instituted, the rabbis instituted that you have to recline because it shows a certain a way of uh, freedom, etc. But we, since free people today do not do that, so that institution falls away. That's what the Rabia says. So why do men do it anyway? Because there was a minag. And even though the, the reason behind the minag has fallen away, the men continued the minag of their previous generations when their fathers and grandfathers and great-grandfathers used to recline. So too, the men accepted that they are going to recline. And since the men accepted upon themselves to recline, so that has almost a quasi halachic obligation to it. And therefore, as we said, if you didn't do it, you have to go back and repeat. But the woman, they, two reasons why they should drink. Either because that's the obligation, but we said, according to the Rabia, that obligation has fallen away. So what's left? The minak. But in the times of previous generations, in the times of the Romans, women didn't have a minag to drink reclining because that was only for important women. And apparently in the times of the Romans, not all women were important. So since there was no minag for women to drink, uh, to recline, so now says the, says the Ramah, now we understand why we somech on the Ravia. We follow the Rabia, just that for the men there was a minag, for the women there wasn't minag, and therefore they go according to Ikar Adin. That's a very nice explanation of Rafflama Zaman Orbach, how he puts together the opinion of the Rabia um, regarding this whole sugya. Again, the Ben Yishchai says that all women, Sfari women, should be uh, drinking, reclining, and that is a standard practice among Sfari women. Regarding Ashkenazi women, they are those that uh, hold like the Ramah, they are those that recline. Each one should ask to go according to their own minag, according to their, um, their family tradition or their community minag. What about the next stage of the uh, Haggadah, or of the Seder, and that is washing of the hands, Ulchats. Now this isn't the, the, the classic washing of the hands that we do after um, Kiddush on Friday night, then we usually do Hamotzi straight away, but we're not going to do Hamotzi straight away. Remember, we're first going to do Magid. So why are we washing our hands? So one explanation of the washing of the hands is really that this is a preparation or preparation for Magid. And we have to understand why is that preparation for Magid, but let's, let's move on and then we'll come back to uh, see if we can explain that. Says the Shulchan Aruch, 
נוטל ידיו לצורך טיבול ראשון ולא יברך על הנטילה. Why don't we make a bracha? Yes, mitzat rishonim, the sabri shaloi tzri kochamim, natilat yadayim, ledavar shetibulo bemashke. The reason why we wash our hands is because we are going to have a vegetable. We're not going to jump into the, the meal straight away. We first can have a vegetable. And this vegetable, we're going to have to dip. And there's a machlok at rishonim. Does a person have to wash one's hands for a vegetable that is wet or not? And since it is a machloket, so we do go wash our hands, but we don't do it with a bracha. Okay, so far all very neat and tidy. Um, the only question is, how does this fit in regarding the rest of the year? Why is it that tibul mamashke, we don't, uh, we, we're not concerned of doing washing our hands the rest of the year? And there's actually a machloket between the achronim. Some achronim say, there's no, there's nothing unique about Leila Seder. The truth is, if you're going to have a wet vegetable and you haven't vast previously, one should do Natilat Yadayim without, uh, without a bracha. Um, others say, no, that's, we don't pass it like that. We pass it like the Rishonim that say that you don't, and it might even be your right to do such a thing. So why on Leila Seder Bechomikre do we do it? So someone is saying that this is a din. Why do we say today that it's not applicable? Because we don't have a Beit HaMikdash. And therefore, the laws of Beit HaMikdash, in the times of Beit HaMikdash, it might have been applicable. In the times when there's no Beit HaMikdash, it's not applicable. And the, the halakha has changed. But on Lela Seder, and this comes across regarding many, many things. On the one hand, we do certain things in Lela Seder to remind ourselves that this isn't the real thing. We're not sitting in Yerushalayim, we don't have a Karman Pesach. On the other hand, we do other things to try and remind us of how it would have been done and should have been done if we had a Beit HaMikdash and we were able to sit in Yerushalayim and have the Karpan Pesach. So if we were living in the times of the Beit HaMikdash with the Karpan Pesach, the laws of Tumah and Tara would be exceptionally strict and therefore the laws of Tipu Bamashke might be more applicable. And we are trying to almost relive and remember that that's where we should be. So there's certain parts of the Seder are there to remind us where we, you know, what is the ideal Seder with the Karman Pesach, Beit HaMikdash, Yerushalayim. And there's certain parts of the Seder are there to tell us, to remind us that we are African not in the real thing. And because of that, they're going to be different halachot. So this might be one explanation of why, according to those Akhroni, that general during the rest of the year, we don't have this. This is a Chirush Even though in the rest of the year, we don't have this, on Lela Seda, we're trying to connect back to the times of the Beit HaMikdash, where we have it, and there it was the Halakha. Okay, what about Karpas? The next din. Oh, and, and, and just as a... Um, okay, well, let's, let's continue with this Karpas, and then we'll come back to our... Uh, our Philosophical question. Okay, we understand why we need to do it, but we haven't explained what's the reason behind uh, having a, a, a vegetable to begin with. Right? Why, why have a vegetable? Not just jump into, into Maggid. Okay, so explains the Gemara. 
So one explanation, the Gemara says, that why do we bring a vegetable? We bring a vegetable to arouse the interest of the, of the children. Meaning, the re reason why we had to wash our hands was because of the story of eating the vegetable. The reason why we're eating the vegetable is to tell the, the kids something's different tonight. Usually we go, we start the meal, we're not starting the meal. We're having vegetables, we're having potatoes or whatever it is, we'll see what, what, what it is in a moment. And that arouses the interest of the children. Another possibility could be that we're introducing Maggid. And Maggid is a story. And story has accessories. And you want to feel it. You want to taste it. A good storyteller has senses. And part of the five senses is eating, smelling, tasting. Okay. There's the Rambam. For whatever reason, Chazal instituted that we eat a vegetable before we start the process of maggot. Perhaps to arouse the children's uh, um, curiosity for other reasons. But since we Chazal instituted, so the Rambam says, well, now you got a chil. If you got a chil, and you dip it in the charoset, and you eat a kazait. Every person has to eat at least a kazait. Why do I have to eat at least a kazait? Because according to the Rambam Etzim, if the sages instituted an obligation to eat, any time we have an obligation to eat, there's no such thing as eating less than a kazait. And therefore, if this is a real chiyud, and perhaps a chiyub midrabanan. Therefore, you have to eat a kazait. And this is the opinion of the Bach, and this is the opinion of the Gra, as well as Rav Chaim Salavik. However, the Rosh argues. The Rosh says, you don't eat a kazait. That's true when it comes to Maror. That's a real chiyu. The sages instituted a person has to eat maror. If you have to eat maror, what's the minimum amount of maror that a person can eat? It's a kazait. This chiyu of eating and the sages didn't say that there's a chiyu of achila. So then the question is, so what do I need to have a Yerek to begin with. And it comes back to the the, 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 the distinction that the Bach made regarding Kiddush for Friday night and Kiddush and the four cups. Kiddush on Friday night, the Ikar is the Kiddush, the Brocha. Chazal wanted to enhance it by having a, uh, by having a cup. So therefore, you have to drink something, a Tima, a taste. However, the four cups of wine, we said, there the ikar is to drink the four cups of wine. Similarly, regarding the mitzvah of maror versus the, 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 the karpas. The mitzvah of maror, we have a rabbinic obligation to actually eat the maror. If you've got a rabbinic obligation to eat the maror, the ikar is eating, so you have to eat the kazait. However, when it comes to the mitzvah of karpas, really the karpas is there to enable or enhance 
our ability to fulfill the mitzvah of Magid, either by arousing the curiosity of the kids, etc. So therefore, the ikar is not the actual eating. The ikar is enhancing or the result of the eating. And therefore, there's room to say, according to the Rashban and, and the Rosh, there's no chiyuv to eat a kazayit. Kazayit wasn't the chiyuv of Chazal. How do we pass in Shulchanat? Arachayim tafayim gimel. Be'ikach me'akar pas pachot mi'kazayit u'metablo b'chometz u'mevarech borei pri'adama v'ochel v'eno mevarech achara. Shulchanat says, dafke eat less than a kazayit. And we should be saying, what's the big deal? You got a machloket between the Rambam and the Rosh and the Rashba. What's the problem of being machmir and eating a kazayit? But Tafka the Shulchan Aruch doesn't say that. The Shulchan Aruch says one should take less than a kazayit. Why is he going? Why is he not? Doesn't he want to be machmir and incorporate the shrit of the Rambam? And if you look at the continuation of the sentence, he explains why. The question is, if I were to eat the kazayit now, I get into a suffix, do I have to have a, make a brocha achrona or not? The truth and the Maril say, I think it's a Maril, not sure, um, says we can't eat the kazayit because if we eat the kazayit now, we're going into a pointer of do I have to say a bracha or not? So in order for me to alleviate this, the, the question of whether of, of being obligated to say a bracha and not doing it, rather eat less than a kazayit. And that is the opinion that the Shulchan Aruch adopted. Meaning the Shulchan Aruch adopted, I prefer eating less than a kazayit because that's what I think is the Iker Adin. And if I were to be machmir like the Rambam to eat the kazayit, I would have to be makel regarding Hilchot Brachot. And because I don't want to be makel regarding Hilchot Brachot, I prefer to go according to understand and that is to eat less than a kazayit. So the Mishnah Brura says on this din, Ve'inom mevarech acharav, A'afilu imachal kazayit lefi shebracharit shonaki gamal amarok. Even if a person ate the kazayit, meaning those who want to follow the opinion of the Gra. And the opinion of the Ramba, and the opinion of Rab Solovich can eat the Kazait. So now the question is: So do I say Bracha Achroina? Says the Shulchan. It says the Mishabur, No. So what do people do? Those who are Talmidim of the Briska Derech, those who are Talmidim of the Gra, follow the shit of the Rambam and eat the Kazait. Those who uh, generally are not necessarily Hasidei Hagra. It's a, a, a um, Oxymoron, but uh, um, those who are not Hasidim of the Gra, they follow the Ramah, the Ashkenazim follow the Ramah and eat less than a Kazai. And then there's a third Shita, and that is the people that are hungry. Um, and they don't seem to uh, go according to they, the Shita of the Rambam, they go according to the Shita that they're hungry. And this is generally for kids, this, uh, this is very true, and I don't think one has to be, make a big fuss of it. They are being machmir like the Rambam. And it's okay. um, to, uh, we'll have to stop here. We didn't get to, to cats and, uh, and the other things. So Bezrat Hashem, next week, uh, we'll go through um, the rest of Yilchot Seyda as much as we can get to and uh, Bezrat Hashem that will complete our preparation 
next Friday night. Okay, thank you everyone for listening and uh, wish you all a great week uh, and Hemshech preparation for Pesach. Hope everyone is surviving the cleaning and not getting too um, uptight about it. Okay, call to. Thank you very much for your time. Be well. Bye. You too. Bye.